Hello and welcome to the Third Paddle Podcast. I'm your host, Jen McFarlane. On this episode, we start gearing up for the new year. Are you a small business owner or an entrepreneur? Do you know the difference? And how does that affect your goals heading into the new year? All that and more here on the Third Paddle. Welcome to the Third Paddle Podcast, recorded at the Vandal Lounge in beautiful Southeast Portland, Oregon. Why the Third Paddle? Because even the most badass entrepreneurs get stuck up in business shit creek. Management consultant Jennifer McFarland is your Third Paddle, helping you get unstuck. Oh my God, you never told me to leave. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, we're good. So, uh, What's a small business owner and what's an entrepreneur? You're asking me? Oh, I don't know. I'm asking <laughs> the ether. <laughs> I can honestly say that when I started my own entrepreneurial journey, I didn't know the difference. Mm. Mm. D- did you know? You've been a small business owner too. Have I? See, I don't really know the difference either. Um, but these are uh, identifiers that I may not fully understand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. I think that if if there's two of us in the room, of course, there's nobody else. Uh, but the two of us were maybe a little confused. So we thought maybe you would want to know the differences, too, because maybe you're just as confused about the whole deal as me. Because I'll, I'll tell you, in some of my blog posts, I use them interchangeably and they're mm. really different. Mm-hmm. So do you see yourself as a small business owner or an entrepreneur? Um, neither, Ooh. actually. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so do you have a big idea or a great idea? I really like this article I found on entrepreneur.com. It kind of breaks down the differences between an entrepreneur and a small business owner. So small business owners have a great idea. Hmm. They're like, I have the skill. I want to have it shared with the public. Right. And they put out my shingle and and sell things. They have things. They have a great idea, as in they have like a vision of how they see people interacting with whatever service or product they're creating. Right. So maybe they've found a problem in their local area. Right. A gap that they see and and they want to fill for people. Okay. Um, Entrepreneurs have really big ideas. Mm. Their vision is more global than local. I think is maybe the best way to think about it. Um, and that's because when you think about what a small business owner's goals are versus an entrepreneur's goals, that's where things kind of differ, right? Mm. So if you're thinking about how to serve your community mm-hmm. and how to help people with a particular service, mm-hmm. that looks a little different than if you have an idea that you want to help everybody in your state right. or everybody in your region. Or everybody your age in the or world. Or everybody your age. <laughs> um Small business owners tend to want to hold on to those great ideas and work through them and keep that steady growth going for maybe a 10 or 20 year period. Okay. Okay. If that makes sense. Sure. So like sure. a CrossFit gym isn't going to pivot to make tacos. Damn it. Although that would be kind of fun. <laughs> Where is the person doing that? I I'll, don't know. I'll sign up for that gym now. Yeah. Usually they're mutually exclusive. Damn See, it. that's kind of the thing. Thing. But I see your point. They stick to what they know because they are honing a specific thing that they know. Right. And they're not necessarily looking for something huge. They're just mm. going through and their outcome is clear. Got it. They're not high. They take, they don't take a lot of risk. Right. Low Entre- ri- entrepreneurs are big risk, big potential rewards, and right. they have big ideas. 
Um, Small business owners are, tend to be more risk averse. Uh, They tend to think about tasks that are more immediate, Mm -hmm. whereas entrepreneurs are thinking more in terms of six months from now. Right. But I would say that like the most, the biggest difference between the two is around the idea of scalability. Okay. So entrepreneurs are ready to scale and sell and move on to the next thing. They can already see it. They can already see it or imagine it or they know who they want to sell to and then they may even know what the next thing is that they want to do. Right. Right. So there's not that attachment. Whereas a small business owner, like we said, they want to get through the week and then they want to get through the year and they want to see continual growth over a 10 year period. Yeah. Or 20 years or whatever, you know, and part of the work that I've been doing lately is consulting with really small businesses here in Portland, Oregon, right. And asking what the three to five year goals are. Mm -hmm. And for many local small business owners who are focused on the local market, it's really, I just want to continue to grow and be on this path of doing what I do and growing. And I think that that's great. And they're just looking for some, some marketing tips and some first, some technology strategies that help them build upon every, all of their knowledge and everything that they're already doing. To maybe finesse what they're already doing, improving outcomes for the community they're already serving, growing their client base, maybe, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that they're looking for. Cool. And sometimes there's just a few simple tweaks that you can do and it'll make big changes. These are not immediate changes that'll happen in two or three months. These are changes that with consistency, getting back to the CrossFit analogy, you go to CrossFit regularly, you start to see results. You go to CrossFit regularly. (laughs) I'm trying to get back to going to CrossFit regularly, but you, you go, if you exercise, you begin to see results. If you begin to, um, send out email marketing campaigns and work on, um, building your lists and different things like that, you'll begin to see results and sales from that outreach as an example. Right. Um, You're building a new habit, a business habit. You're building a business habit. Entrepreneurs are less interested in that. They maybe have an idea. They want to build a widget or a thing Mm -hmm. and have it go viral and sell it. It's just a different, a different model. It's a different mode of thinking, right? Like it's a, it's a mindset. Interesting. So, so what I'm getting from how you're talking about it so far is that small business owners, you could really identify yourself as a small business owner if you know the community that you want to serve. Uh, Maybe you're living in that community. So community seems to be very uh, central to a small business owner's plan, to their mission, to where they see their business going. Whereas an entrepreneur is really thinking about um, not, you know, like a community is one thing. It's one, one area, one group, but, but an entrepreneur is looking outside of those sorts of like sort of a limitless mindset. They're thinking about pushing those boundaries, about going outside the box a bit more. Yeah, I think that I think that that's one way of looking at it for sure. Like you want to you want to take risks and you want to see what's possible. Right. So startups, for example, that have an entrepreneurial mindset versus versus a small business mindset would be if you took a look at Lyft mm-hmm. versus taxi cab companies. Mm-hmm. So you're saying Lyft is more entrepreneurial mindset, taxi cab companies, more small business. Tend to be. They yeah. can be huge enterprises, like especially in New York or something like sure. that. Sure, sure. The entire purpose of Lyft was to 
break the bounds of what was established by a small business, push it as far as they can by disrupting it, Mm -hmm. taking big risks and finding investors to see if they could disrupt the taxi cab market and make it into more of a freelance gig economy type of product where you could get a ride from anywhere and the price of it is based entirely on supply and demand, not some set rate that is determined by the company that doesn't change. Right. Right. So you play, you pay more or less based on how many drivers are out, right. How busy it is, all of these different factors. And that's because they had every intention of scaling it up and taking it global. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially when you look at Uber, they've been fighting court cases globally (laughs) (laughs) to try and get into every market and disrupt these local cab companies. And I see what you're saying. I mean, somebody at Lyft or who has that visionary idea, that entrepreneurial mindset, isn't worried about you know, whatever email drip campaign is going out this week, they're thinking so much more beyond those sort of daily, weekly grind type tasks. Yeah. I mean, I think they want both, but I think they're, instead of the grinding it out tasks, they're like, okay, who do I need to talk to? Mm -hmm. How do I position this product? How many investors do I have? Mm -hmm. Like they're thinking way bigger than going to a bunch of local events and making inroads in your local community. And I think that what I want to underscore more than anything is that there's absolutely space for both. Yeah. And there's absolutely opportunities for disruption for both. Like I think that we find a lot of small business owners who are women who approach things differently. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they're disrupting some of these yes. old guard local businesses that are owned by men. And so you can have an entrepreneurial spirit and still be a small business owner. I like that. It's, it's not, they're not mutually exclusive. Like being a small business owner is a form of entrepreneurship. It's just that you have different goals that you're trying to accomplish and you may even do something different. You Mm -hmm. just maybe aren't interested at all in like, you know, being the number one (laughs) distributor of whatever (laughs) everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you just like your local community and you have a problem you want to solve there. Yeah. So it's, there's no judgment. It's, but it is a difference in how you approach problems if you're looking to go really big. Okay. And that's why sometimes when you have that entrepreneurial spirit and you're working within an organization, Mm -hmm. you might butt up against it. Yeah, I've felt that before. <laughs> oh, certainly I have. That's you why know, I, That's why when you started talking about how women look at things differently and those of us with an entrepreneurial spirit, um, whether we're working in a small or large business or corporation, uh, and I, I come from the nonprofit world, nonprofits and governments can also act like corporations. So we're not just talking about the big baddies on Wall Street, <laughs> the private companies. We're talking about the other guys, too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I certainly ran into this a lot in my public service career Mm -hmm. Uh, because part of having that like entrepreneurial spirit is that you're always questioning things and wondering if you can do things better. You're staying curious. And you're staying curious. And we've had previous podcasts about how important curiosity is Mm -hmm. to innovation. Mm -hmm. And there's a recent uh, Harvard Business Journal that's completely dedicated to curiosity. Mm -hmm. And 
if you're always questioning and asking whether things can be done better, mm-hmm. that really runs afoul of bureaucracy. Yep. Which is honestly, this is the way that we've always done it. Yeah. And yet at the same time, going back to the court cases around Uber that have <laughs> happened over and over again, it's mm-hmm. typically against cities yeah. and counties mm-hmm. and states that don't know what the hell to do. Yeah. Because and the way they've all, always done it yeah. no longer works. The status quo is is in question now. And the new ways, the the disruptors are creating new like different mindset, different thought patterns and, and large bodies like cities, uh, county government seats, whatever, large corporations, um, they don't have the same, uh, you know, a new thought. Wait a minute. I can't be thinking new thoughts because I have all of these things that I need to be doing in order to maintain the status quo. No, 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 no. New thoughts will go over here in the pile of, of never pick this up and do this now. That's not always true. I'm not going to say that. I I worked in government for a long time, and I think that there are new ideas all the time. I mean, one of the reasons people don't like government is because they think it operates very slowly. Mm -hmm. I would argue that the larger the government entity, the slower that it is because there's a lot more complexity. That's fair. Um, One of the reasons that you might say government is slow is because it's at the will of the politicians. So politicians change on a dime. Yeah. And it's slower to turn that ship if you're a bureaucrat trying to Mm -hmm. create policies that are in alignment with what the politicians have said and do it Mm -hmm. and execute that. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that really, almost more than like questioning if things could be done better, one of the aspects of the entrepreneurial mindset that really (laughs) got me into trouble at the city is that I was always very optimistic. Oh, Like not only would I ask questions, (laughs) I was like, It'll be fine. It'll be and great. It'll be great. And like <laughs> I always wanted to um, ask people to consider the new possibilities. Yeah. I would call a lot of the work that I did was doing outreach to other entities, other city governments, other, mm-hmm. other government en- agencies and finding out mm-hmm. about the new ways of doing things. And I would come back with just loads of evidence and say, look, this is going to work. It's worked everywhere. Yeah. Let's do it. And that optimism about possibilities, about change, about all the things that could be done, yeah, it's not really accepted mm. in a lot of agencies. Yeah. And and I don't know why. I no. I, I, I can guess. Um, I understand because I, I also was an executive, and so I get the budgetary constraints and sure. the time constraints. Sure. But a lot of a lot of ways that government could be streamlined get quashed mm-hmm. because of like, oh my God, what if we make this worse? Mm -hmm. And so I would say that for whether you identify as a small business owner or whether you identify as an entrepreneur who wants to scale, this is one piece of the entrepreneurial spirit that will serve you well, which is being optimistic about the future. And it's going to be awesome. Well, I mean, so you can like, you can research yourself out of a decision and you can research yourself into a decision. Mm -hmm. And all that research needs to be aligned with your goals. And if you really have this goal and you think you've found the way, mm-hmm. be optimistic and take a risk. You know, the other thing, the thing that I really love about that, and I think you're totally right, I agree with you 100%, having that kind of mindset is also very inclusive and expansive. If you're thinking positively, if you're thinking optimistically, you're you're wanting to uh, bring people in to that type of energy because it opens you up 
right? It's a very open-minded, open-sided way of looking at things. Um, and the one thing I know about the universe is it's either expanding or contracting. That's just science. <laughs> it's true. Um, so would you rather be contracting and getting smaller or would you rather be expanding? And if you're thinking at small business, entrepreneurial, whatever mindset you take on, growth is good. Absolutely. And um, so last night when you and I had dinner, one of the things that you said was you get what you give. Yes. And I think that this optimism, this can-do attitude, mm -hmm. it goes back to when we've talked about things like gratitude mm -hmm. versus toxic, which you really should go to the webpage for last week's oh, podcast yes. Oh, yes, <laughs> about toxic because I did mm -hmm. post a video because, yes, in 2018, two women were in a fighting wrestling match in Walmart on Black Friday. I mean, it was basically a chokehold. It was basically a chokehold. <laughs> um, clearly, neither of them were optimistic about the possibility that everybody getting, can have the doll that, that everybody <laughs> can get to the front of the line and buy their television. So... I think that when we talk about optimism, it's deeper than that. I think mm. it's exactly what you're talking about, which is being expansive, being going through things with a positive attitude, but also being grateful mm -hmm. for the opportunities. And then it helps you carry things forward. Mm -hmm. And that optimism, well, it just feels good. Yeah. It feels better to be optimistic to, than to be some Debbie Downer that says, I've tried that. It's never going to work. And and let's be super clear. It doesn't mean that you have to sugarcoat or always find the silver lining or never be frustrated. Like, or, 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 you know, if you, if you come, if you're coming up against a boundary, if, you, if you're thinking about growth, you're pushing past what you have previously experienced. So that's not always going to feel great. We're not saying it's going to feel great and awesome and it's going to be, you know, unicorns farting confetti everywhere, but it's going to be, mean, that yeah. would be great. Okay. Let's just sidebar. That'd be really great. But, okay. um, it's not going to feel like that all the time, but that, that frustrate, what you can sometimes feel as frustration can help you identify what you need to be focusing on perhaps so that you can stay in that positive, you know, um, outlook. Yeah, I mean, growing. I think I think if you're going to do something new, mm -hmm. it behooves you to be optimistic yes. because, and it doesn't mean that you don't research it. It just means that you're optimistic about the risk you're about to take yes. because you've thought it through. It's a calculated risk. And it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's yeah. aligned with your goals. So do it. Yeah. You know, and doing it and taking those calculated risks, those are also parts of the entrepreneurial mindset. Definitely. And that spirit. And the thing that's so cool about it is if you are an aspiring entrepreneur or small business owner, you can incorporate this into your work life. Mm -hmm. You might want to talk to your boss about it a little bit. <laughs> uh, but you can. You can, you can, you can have that can-do attitude. Yeah. You can look into new things. You can do all of these things. You can encourage your managers, your executive team, your CEO to take calculated risks. Mm -hmm. And it makes you more valuable yes. if you're able to present that yes. in a positive way. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also something that works better within larger organizations. Nice. So when you go into, say, a small, you're if you're working for a small business owner, be careful with this type of thing because mm -hmm. they think you're trying to redo everything and take over the business. And they might take, some of them might feel very defensive because you know, you are encroaching upon 
what they have already created or the jobs that they have already done, the tasks that they have already well, finished. Well, it's their baby. Exactly. See, this is different. See, that's where a small business and an entrepreneur are different. It's yeah. their baby. They don't want to sell it. They want to serve yep. and do their thing. Mm-hmm. And you want to make changes as mm-hmm. opposed to an entrepreneur who's like, oh, that'll help me grow. Oh, hell yeah, we're doing done. that because I'm going to tick. We're going to scale up. We're going to mm-hmm. sell this. Mm-hmm. So there's some different things you need to think about you know, when you're considering incorporating that into an organization. Yeah. But it's also important to consider if you have those characteristics, if you want to embark on being a small business owner or an entrepreneur. I feel like, you know how those magazines back in the day, like Seventeen and Cosmo (laughs) and Vogue, they would do these quizzes about like what kind of girlfriend you would be if you were in a relationship. I feel like, you know, magazines need, we need like a, are you an entrepreneur? Like ABCD. (laughs) <laughs> multi-choice quiz. Okay, so um that doesn't that's not that doesn't exist. It's not real. Am I being unrealistic? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just kind of hung up on I didn't really read Cosmo. So okay. Uh <laughs> I was like, what was I doing instead of reading Cosmo? Probably studying. Probably. Hey. Okay, yeah, it's true. I have nothing to say about that. I was probably studying or playing softball. (laughs) It was one or the other. See, I wasn't an athlete, so I had more time after I'd finished studying or whatever. I'd be like, magazines, books. (laughs) I read a lot of books. Yeah. But they were, um, honestly, my mom just didn't like me reading those kind of magazines, like 16 and Cosmo and stuff like that. That's fair. Um, And I was really kind of angry at the time, but I kind of thank her for it now. So (laughs) I don't know, because I'm nerdy and I wear nerdy glasses and stuff. Glasses um, are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if in 2019 you want to be a small business owner or an entrepreneur, you definitely have to listen to next week's show. Mm-hmm. If you have a business and you want to spiff up your goals and get some ideas and get some clarity, you have to listen to next week's show. Mm-hmm. Because we have an awesome guest coming next week. Her name is Sandra Hughes. And it's life reinvented. She works with people who are already small business owners or entrepreneurs and also aspiring entrepreneurs who are currently working within an organization and want to make that side hustle into a full-fledged business. But there are some things that you can do, I think, ahead of this episode next week, which is really consider and, and generate some ideas around you know, what type of business you would have, Mm -hmm. what types of services you would have. If it's something that you want to make and do yourself or if it's something that you want to make and eventually sell to someone else. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's a a hard concept for people. Like it's a hard decision for, for some of us. Well, and like I said, when I was doing my side hustle, so I started with a side hustle. Right. And I didn't know all the options that were available to me. Right. So I would have done things much differently Mm. had I actually thought about this, sat down with it. No? Well, I had a business coach still when I was working. Um, But I think there's a lot to consider before you even pick your business coach. Oh, yes. Which I didn't know. And so my business coach was very much in the local small business. And so that's what I created, Mm. even though what I knew I wanted to do was transition from being a subject matter expert into a writer and 
someone who's known for knowing things. Right. More of a consultant and trainer and mentor. Right. An aspiring author. Right. Which is why I am just a massive content creation machine <laughs> with a small business. And it's why I am transitioning out of that and more into speaking and mentorship and writing mm-hmm. and then continuing to podcast. Right. Is this realization of why some of what I have been doing hasn't been a good fit for me. Mm. And so one of the wishes that I have for everybody, if you are in the first few years of your business and things aren't fitting right, Right. or if you are considering having a side hustle, Mm -hmm. is to really consider, do you want to be a thought leader? Mm. Do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to be a small business owner? What do you like to do? Mm -hmm. And how do you want to serve? Yeah. And thought leader is kind of a loaded term, but do you really want to, do you have some skills that you're just really good at that you want to share with people? Yeah. And how would you like to do that? That can be facilitation or consulting. You don't have to be like Seth Godin or Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, we're just talking about being a leader within your community even that can really help people and lend a hand. A go-to person. A go-to person for things. So with that, I think that you're kind of set, right, for getting ready for next week? Well, yes. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. Using my improv skills. Yes, and. Yes, and. I think I would like to know, and I think our listeners would like to know, if if you don't view yourself as a small business owner or an entrepreneur, what's the term that you sort of, like, identify with? Are you? Oh, a thought leader. A thought leader. Okay. So you were talking about it. I was and talking I, I about it. I just didn't know it. And okay. like, yeah, Great. I think I think you were too busy busy listening to the guys outside that are cleaning the dumpster. No, or I something. was listening to your words. I was oh. taking them in, but like, it didn't sound. It just, I was like, oh, we didn't get back to what we said at the top of like, I don't. I don't oh, did I have I, like I a nerd moment where I didn't clearly identify what I was talking about and how it related to the beginning of the show? Because I do that sometimes. It's yeah, a thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And they literally are washing a dumpster outside of the co-working <laughs> space. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me with this right now? <laughs> so uh, hopefully you can't hear that. <laughs> and if you can, well, you're welcome. So I feel, uh, so, okay, there's thought leader, which I agree is sort of a loaded, triggery word for some of us in in small business slash entrepreneur world. Yes. Um. And yet I don't identify as a thought leader. I don't identify as a small business owner and I don't identify as an entrepreneur. I feel like, I feel like I, you know, you know, 20 questions where it's like animal, mineral, vegetable or <laughs> whatever. Right. But I think that, and I th- that you think that's very valid. Mm. So I think that coming from my perspective of thought leadership or servant leadership, which is that we're all leaders mm-hmm. and we're all doing what we can within our organizations, whether we own it or not, mm-hmm. whether we're building it or not, and whether we're writing books or not, like <laughs> we're all leaders and we all, and that was what I was hoping is is to get across is we're all leaders and we can all have that entrepreneurial mindset yeah. regardless of how we serve or who we serve or who we work for. Yes, please. So that means that you're like totally, you know, Part of the clan. Oh, okay, great. Oh, I belong. Liz, okay, you great. belong. You're oh, part of it. That's all I wanted to do. You hear. get to do whatever you want to do and be happy. <laughs> and I know that you have an entrepreneurial mindset. Because, I do. Like, 
Well, we wouldn't be getting along as well as we do if I if I didn't think in in a growth capacity. In of a growth like, capacity, you know, I like using words. What growth capacity is a phrase? It's a thing. <laughs> no, I and and that's a really good point. I think that you don't have to. And I really one of the reasons why I don't like thought leadership is it's such a box, and I don't want to be in a box. Mm, yeah. And so I and I think that because I have this kind of free flowing thinking about where everybody ends up and, yeah. that, and that everybody kind of fits like and flows in and out of different categories. Yep. I don't, it, it, I don't even give it a second thought that people might be like, Hey, what about me? Yep. And that's a really good point. You know, I think that we all serve from where we're at mm-hmm. and nobody's better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as long as we all have, kindness and gratitude and curiosity curiosity and we strive to do a good job i i I think i think we we're doing it we're doing it baby i think i love that we're talking about this topic and i love that you've said what you've said i kind of love that i said what i've said too but of course um, you do that's not (laughs) the point um no but this is this is really great because we are humans are meant to be working with each other in tandem in relationship to each other. And that's, uh, that's another key aspect to understanding being an entrepreneur or being a small business owner is that, you know, as long as we're coming from that good place of wanting growth for ourselves and for our business and for the other people involved or impacted by our businesses, that's, that's really what the bottom line is. That's the good bottom line of what everybody wants. Absolutely. And I come from, a 21st century leadership mm-hmm. point of view, which is much different than anything that we've seen or experienced before, Sure, which is more collaborative. Yes. It's based on abundance. Yes. It's based on the idea of working together instead of working against each other. Mm. Because all of those things that we did, they don't work. The way, yeah. That's why everybody thinks government is broken. Right. Because they don't understand why nobody's talking to each other yeah. and why it takes so long for things to happen because those are very siloed mm-hmm. workflows yeah. where everybody has to, you know, do their TPT report and <laughs> you have to meet your your certain me- me- benchmarks and yeah. metrics. And if you don't, you're in deep trouble. So why would you help anybody else? Yeah. It's more man eat man. Like, and, and it's like top-down mm-hmm. leadership as opposed mm-hmm. to something where we can all lead. Yes. So knowing that that is what works, knowing that I'm not a millennial, but millennials really appreciate working with people who are collaborative. Yes. They don't like being bossed. Nope. Because they feel like everybody has something to contribute, including themselves. Yes. I don't really know why everybody busts on millennials because I think that that's fabulous and it's how I've always felt. Yeah. (laughs) You know, is that why not listen to everybody? Why not let younger people lead? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I think that's a great question. And the fact that you're even asking why not is very entrepreneurial of you. Why? Thank you. I guess, (laughs) I guess with that we should leave. (laughs) Mic drop. Oh. Oh my God. She's patting herself on the back literally right now. Ouch. Thank you for listening to the third paddle. You can find us online at www.thirdpaddle.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter and see you next week. You'll want to hear Sandra Hughes. 
Thank you for listening to the Third Paddle Podcast. Be sure to catch every episode by subscribing on iTunes. To learn more, check out our website at www.thirdpaddle.com. The Third Paddle Podcast is sponsored by Foster Growth LLC. Online at www.fostergrowth.tech.